Happy Friday. Welcome to the show. Pete Callender here. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110 is one phone number if you'd like to join the program. And another phone number is 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. Now, all right, maybe I was under a false impression. I may have misunderstood. I thought that when you got out of the White House after you're done serving, I thought you got to to take a couple nukes with you. I was Was I wrong about that? I thought you got to take some nukes with you just in case, you know? I mean, after you have that kind of arsenal at your disposal, it's probably difficult to, you know, wean yourself off of it. So I, I thought you would just take them with you when you went to your retirement or your presidential library or whatever. They would be housed there and you can have the, you know, nuclear codes just in your uh, in your wallet. This is it's one of the odder parts of this story, this big scoop, which, by the way, uh, the intelligence community, uh, the the Justice Department, right, the the people that say, you know, they're not going to talk about this stuff, they'll do that in their court filings and we'll make our case in the courtroom where it should be made and all of this. Um, they're leaking a lot for people who say that the court filings are where they make their case. Isn't that interesting? So now they're they're leaking about what they were really after. And now it's it, it wasn't about the P-tape. I thought they were looking for the P-tape. I thought that was in the in the. Uh, the basement with the beach umbrellas and stuff in one of those boxes. They found the the P tape, but no, uh, that wasn't it. Um, maybe they were looking for the note from Vladimir Putin talking about how he was going to help Trump win or something. No, no. Apparently, it's about nukes. Yeah, that's what I am supposed to believe from the unidentified sources that are leaking to their media allies. Okay, so. Here's from the Washington Examiner. FBI agents appear to have been on the hunt for classified documents related to nuclear weapons during their raid of former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort on Monday, according to a report. This is from the Washington Post. Now, I did see somebody make this connection, which had not even occurred to me. And for this, I apologize. It did not even occur to me when, you know, yesterday we were going over uh, and the day before, we're going over all these different theories that may be potentially at play. And, uh, you know, one of them was like the FBI is trying to get back some of the documents that would prove, uh, you know, how corrupt they were. And when they went after Trump and forged documents and made up stuff and, uh, you know, try to cover up that stuff, that that's what they were after. And I I thought that seemed to be the most plausible while also, you know, holding out the potential prospect here that, Donald Trump did take some stuff that he shouldn't have taken. That would not surprise me either. I don't know. But nuclear information or nuclear weapons documents related to nuclear weapons, I did not even, I I didn't even consider this. And then I saw the connection on social media, which again, I apologize, I didn't see it. Do you remember when he was, uh, uh, when the story was that Trump wanted to launch a nuke into a hurricane? Remember that? Mm-hmm. It all makes sense now, because remember, one of the things that people said he had taken with him from the uh, aside from like the letter from Kim Jong Un and the the letter from Barack Obama to Trump, you know, like usually they do that thing where it's like, oh, hey, you know, here's some advice. I write this little letter to you as you're you know, you're the new president and that sort of thing. 
And so he took that with him and he would he would show people. One of the things he also took was the map. I mentioned this the other day. Apparently, uh, the reports are, and I don't know if they're true, but the reports are that he took the Sharpie Gate map. Do you remember Sharpie Gate? I know, it's as big as Watergate. That's why we put the gate on the end of the word Sharpie, because it's that it was that big of a scandal. Remember, there was the hurricane coming. Uh, it was going to hit Florida, and Trump said that it was going to hit some area, and everyone was like, no, it's totally not going to hit that area. And then he busts out the the map with the, you know, the the path projection. And then you could see, like, he had drawn a zone where where he thought it was going to move into. It was going to take a take a turn and head towards some. I don't even remember the details of the, quote, scandal that warranted the gate application, the suffix of gate. But he had taken his Sharpie and had drawn on the map and that became Sharpie gate. And so apparently he took that map with him, showing he does, in fact, have a sense of humor, right? Um, so he he takes the map, but he also talked about nuking the hurricane to try to make it go off course. And so now it all makes sense. Maybe the FBI thought that that map was nuclear documents of some kind. Otherwise, I'm not really sure. But man, you should see Blue and on today. Holy cow. Blue Anon, the Moonbat Brigade that comprises the Blue Anon crowd, it, I mean, it is in hyperdrive. It is at ludicrous speed right now. They're talking about how Trump must have stuffed uh, documents into Ivana Trump, not the daughter Ivanka, but the mom who just recently passed away, his ex-wife, Donald Trump's ex-wife, that they, oh, they must have been piling stuff into, the, into her casket. We need to dig her up and see what he put in the casket. Like, do you even hear yourselves? How are you any? This is why I call them Blue Anon. They're, they're as nuts as the QAnon people that they are constantly attacking. They, like, you guys are all made for each other. You really are. And that is sort of the cycle of abuse that we are in. I mean, the rest of us, as we watch all of this stuff, it's just this is the cycle of abuse. Yeah, oh, yeah. They're like, oh, he had the nuclear codes. This is another one that I'm kind of scratching my head over because, uh, as I understand it, they change those nuclear codes pretty regularly. And then they shred them. So, oh, and by the way, don't ask how I know this, but when people who are, let's say, nuclear program adjacent, right, when people retire out of the service or retire out of positions that have uh, that have that that work with, you know in the nuclear weaponry field um, they will sometimes get in a little glass jar or a little vial they'll get the shredded codes I've seen them don't ask me I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not me but I've seen it it was it was given as a retirement gift. It's all shredded down. It looks like, um, uh, you know, the like you get it, uh, you know, the pills when you you know you get your allergy medicine and it's got that like the tin foil kind of thing. That's what it looks like, and it's just all shredded down into really tiny pieces. And so I've been uh, putting them back together. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm not doing that. No, 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 FBI. I'm not doing that. I'm. It was just a joke. 
In fact, I haven't even seen it. I don't even know what you're talking about. Just made it all up right there. So that's maybe along the lines, but they change the codes all the time. So I don't understand why this would be the story. All I know is that somebody in the IC, the intelligence community, is obviously leaking. They're not letting the court filings speak for themselves. Speaking of the court filings, though, uh, today at 3 o'clock, right as I get off the air, that's the deadline for any kind of move that the Trump lawyers want to make to prevent the release, the unsealing of the search warrant. Not the affidavit, but the search warrant. So we shall see what happens with that. So the trans raid was over nuclear weapons. It's got a bunch of nukes down at the bottom in the basement uh, at Mar-a-Lago, tucked behind uh, Melania's unmentionables in her closet, right? That's, That's what we are to believe. According to the Washington Post, citing the very believable anonymous sources. I mean, they haven't steered us wrong so far, right? I mean, really. What have the unidentified anonymous sources who have personal knowledge of the details of the particular incident? Like what have when have they steered us wrong before with Donald Trump? I can't think of a single instance where the the legacy corporate media narrative that was fed to them by people inside the intelligence community was incorrect. They've been spot on 100 percent every single time. They published these reports. But here was another one. Yesterday on the program, I mentioned a Newsweek story. Do you remember this? Well, if you were listening, you did. If you weren't listening, shame on you. You can get the podcast, though. Go to, go to WBT.com. Anyway, I digress. Yesterday, Newsweek had a story that said Merrick Garland wasn't even aware. They cited also anonymous sources, people familiar with the matter, people close to the situation. And uh, Merrick Garland was not aware. Joe Biden wasn't aware, which that I actually do believe because I I don't believe Joe Biden is aware of a great many things. But uh, Joe Biden wasn't aware. The White House wasn't aware. Nobody was told what was going to happen. And Merrick Garland didn't know. And then, of course, Merrick Garland takes the stage half an hour late. You know, is it because he didn't want to he didn't want to make the statement during my show and get dragged? I mean, maybe I'm just saying. I'm just saying there's a chance. But one of the first things Garland says is, I approved it. I ordered the code red. Okay. So Newsweek got that one wrong. Sorry, is there a correction to the article at Newsweek? No, of course not. They don't, you you never go back and and say, I'm sorry. That's what being a a media outlet nowadays is all about. You, You don't ever have to say you're sorry. This is one of the aspects of journalisming, and I call it that for a reason. It's one of the things that, One of the things I don't get, as a former reporter, if you burn me, if you come to me and give me, so here's, so here's, here's sort of the rule. And this was the rule that I was taught by journalists and professors at Winthrop University, where I went to school, mass communication broadcast. And one of the, uh, one of the lessons that I learned was when it comes to sourcing and generally speaking, you have one named source is equal to two 
unnamed sources that are independently corroborating the stories. And that's key. You got to make sure you have two different anonymous sources that are saying the same thing, that they are corroborating and they have to be independent. That's a key, right? You can't have just two people that have coordinated their stories. And that's on you as the reporter to suss that out, to make sure that they are independent, that they're not coordinating this. You don't, you know, you, you go and you talk to anonymous source A and they're, they give you some scoop and and then they say, hey, you know what, if you want confirmation, you should totally go talk to uh, anonymous source B. And then you go talk to B and they're like, oh, yeah, A is totally correct. Are those independent sources? Probably not. Probably not. You, you need to find other people to corroborate that's not fed to you, not handed off to you. Anyway, that was the rule for us. One named source equals two unnamed sources. Independent. And it seems like so much modern journalisming relies on just speculation by one source. Now, maybe that source is really, really good. But here's the thing I don't get. When they give you the information and you decide to run with it, and then it turns out not to be true, why don't you burn them? They burned you, or do you not? You just don't care about your credibility? Is that the deal? And by the way, that's part of the reason why your credibility, media folks, is in tatters right now, is because you don't seem to care about it. You don't seem to ever go back and say, yeah, you know what? I got played and here's who did the playing. These guys put these stories out. No, they're, they're, it seems to me that the reporters, the journalists, they are more interested in keeping a, uh, a channel of communication open. And so if their credibility has to suffer, so be it. But at least they get the sweet, sweet clicks because that's job security. That's my read on it. Maybe I'm wrong. I just know that if I was a reporter and you gave me a bunch of bad information and I put it into my story and then people started dragging me when it turned out that my story was not correct, yeah, I would totally burn you. (laughs) I would totally burn you. I would say, don't blame me. This was the anonymous source. They came to me and they said this information. Now I would want to know why they told me that information. And maybe you start off by going back to that anonymous source and saying, yo, what gives? Because I'm about to burn you. You better tell me, you better explain yourself why you gave me bad info. Again, that's just me. doesn't seem like anybody else plays by those rules anywhere. So maybe I'm the outlier. Maybe I'm mistaken. It's possible. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Got a couple of messages. Let me do these. Uh, let's see. This is from Maria, if that is her name. Pete, this is the subject line, QAnon error. That's in all caps. Uh, Pete, your reference today that Blue Anon is the same as QAnon is silly. I disagree. Um, first, you are you are as mistaken as the mainstream media. There is no such thing as QAnon. So, Maria, I think for this relationship to work, um, you have to understand something that's really kind of core to who I am, and I don't know why I'm like this. 
I really, really don't like it when people whiz on my boots and tell me it's raining. I really don't like it. It's gaslighting. I react badly. I recognize this about myself. I've tried to work on it for years, and then I decided, eh, screw it. I'll just be a radio host and make it work for me. But, um, <laughs> so, no, I, 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 re- I don't appreciate it. You telling me there's no such thing as QAnon? I've explored QAnon. I've researched into it years ago when it first popped up. I got a pretty good sense about what it is. Now, granted, it did go dark for, what, like 18 months or so? And now it's back as of, what, July or something? After predicting, after the predictions that Biden wouldn't be sworn in and all of that stuff? No, I don't go down the rabbit hole too far because that's the thing about conspiracy theorists and theories. I'm not one of them. But there's no point in debating conspiracy theories and and debating with conspiracy theorists because every piece of evidence is used as a piece of evidence for only their theory. Even contradictory evidence, even the presentation of irrefutable evidence, it's all part of the conspiracy. And so there's no point. There's no point in discussing any of it because any information that I would present, I learned this, you know, with the 9-11 truther movement and many, many debates I had with truthers over this stuff. And it didn't matter when things were proven wrong in their theory. It didn't matter. They would then move to something else or they would say that the existence of that evidence was obviously planted as part of the conspiracy. And so you learn very early that if there are people who are unpersuadable because they're so down the rabbit hole on this stuff, there's no point in in debating it. But to tell me there's no such thing as QAnon, she says there is a QAnon, uh, there is an Anon group slash movement. Those are the folks not part of Q, but that have Q sources. You see where I'm going with it? Like, you, you can hear it starting to happen here in this message. And I don't mean any ill will towards Maria. Like, you just have to understand, I reject all of what you're saying. You may be, I mean, I have no ill will towards you. You're, you know, I appreciate you listening to the program. I, I, I'm, I'm happy to have discussions about topics and philosophies and that sort of stuff. But I also recognize that when it comes to conspiracy theories like this, particularly with Q, and with the Blue and On folks. That's why I call them that. Because they they are detached from reality. And there's no there's no purpose in having discussions about the theories. Um so first, I'm mistaken, there's no such thing as Q and on second, there is Q. Third, there is an anon group slash movement. Those are the folks not part of Q but that have Q sources. Fourth, there are also folks known as digital soldiers. They help enlighten folks about all the corruption to help people understand what has been happening for most likely the last century to this entire world. See, that's one of the other things also you have to keep in mind about conspiracy theorists is that, uh, and I don't know what all she's referring to, Marie, I don't know what you're referring to, individual examples of stories, and I don't deny that conspiracies exist. They do, absolutely they exist. Um, I have a, but I have a burden of proof that has to be met in order to make that my default uh, opinion. But one of the things that is true about 
conspiracy theorists is that uh, once you start adopting one or two theories, you are way more prone to adopt others. They just they, they sort of stack on top of each other. You just you just keep uh, collecting. You're like a theory collector, and you just keep on adding more and more and more to it. And what what eventually happens is becomes difficult to determine what is real and what is not. And the theorists themselves don't see this because they're actually happier. Did you know that conspiracy theory uh, theorists are actually happier than non theorists? People don't believe those things because they think that they have access to the special information. They have the quote capital K knowledge, right? They have the insight. They are enlightened. They know. And because they know, there's a certain amount of uh, peace that comes with that. I mean, when they're not, I mean, because there were a lot of Q people that, you know, stormed the Capitol. But uh, when they're not doing that, there are, um, you know, there's a certain level of peace. And uh, also, you see this on the left, too, with blue and on people. And they have their own conspiracy theories over there. And they have all sorts of assumptions of motive and that sort of thing, too. They really know what's going on. It afflicts them as well. Um, there's a smugness and arrogance that comes with that, that I know this thing to be true and I have this enlightenment and I'm going to try to educate you. And you hear it all the time from the left. You hear this all the time. Oh, the reason we lost is because we were unable to get our message out, right? We, we couldn't educate the people well enough. So I, so, and again, I recognize that this is, I am a, I am a, Contrarian by nature. I am anti-authoritarian by nature, anti-authority, <laughs> combative, oppositional defiance disorder, whatever you want to call it. I recognize this in myself. And so when people come along and try to tell me these things, just making assertions based on their divination sticks or whatever they're using to decipher the codes in the newspaper, like uh, Beautiful Mind, um, I, yeah, no, I, I, I'm kind of out. And, and, and yeah, and that's the that's the nice approach that I can take is that I'm just I'm not going to engage. So uh, she then concludes. Maria concludes her email. Uh, Please don't diminish things you know nothing about. See, there it is again. She assumes I know nothing about any of this. That's the assumption. And that's the same thing that I just said the left does. Right. The only reason I would disagree, obviously, is because I know nothing about it. Which is an assumption about my level of knowledge and the fact that I disagree must be because I'm ignorant. Um, it only makes you sound like the mainstream media. It doesn't seem that is your purpose on the radio. That's not my purpose on the radio. I think I'm pretty clear. I try to see as many angles to stories as possible. That's what I attempt to do. I've been doing it for years. Like this is sort of my approach to it. And I know that that's not for everybody. I totally get that. Some people, uh, they have their views. They want reinforcement of the views. They want validation of the views. Uh, all the time. And if you veer off of that, some people get uh, kind of ticked off about it. I get that. But uh, I don't take any of that personally. Um, I just try to see all of these different uh, all of these different angles. And no, uh, she just sent me a follow up. Like, I'm not I'm not going to have a debate with you about Q. I read your email. I'm not having a debate about its legitimacy and its authenticity and its origin stories and all of that. I'm it, because there's no point. I don't argue with 9-11 truthers any longer. I used to. I don't. There's no point. 
They already believe what they want to believe, and they reject all evidence contrary to it. So why bother? It's kind of a waste of time. Anyway, there are way more interesting things to talk about. All right, so I'm a liar. I will read the the follow-up. Maria sent a follow-up email here, uh, but just because, well, it proves my point. Uh, So I'll read the email. It says, on the QAnon Q stuff, uh, ha, 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 you are funny. So when all of the stuff comes to light, parentheses, very soon, your audience will hear you apologize. I hope so and look forward to it. Tick, tick, tick. Okay, Uh, this is, again, uh, sort of one of the hallmarks of conspiracy theories, which is, that all will be revealed soon. It's one of the deals. Um, a lot of religions, uh, what was it, the hale Bot people with the sneakers and the castration, right? Same thing there. Jim Jones, like there, this is one of the, one of the elements is that there's some, there's a, there's an event that is coming and when it comes, we will all know it and the righteous will be elevated. Uh, the doubters will be smited. And uh, the, a lot of people thought that that was going to be January 6th, by the way. You know, and then some people were like disillusioned because it didn't happen. They're like, wait, wait a minute. Q said. This was all going to. This wasn't supposed to happen like this. There were people that were motivated by that. So um, but I will tell you, Maria, that uh, you let me know when the thing. How about this? Because one of the this is one of the problems with Q in particular is. um the predictions are always, they're always after the fact. It's always, oh yeah, let's go back and sort of a reverse engineer and the cryptic messages about what is laid out and then people kind of shoehorn it. It's almost like uh, uh, Nostradamus, right? Where you, you you get these riddles and you get these predictions and such and then um, you reverse engineer when something happens and you kind of jam it into this riddle that, uh, it totally explains it. Oh, this explains it. Numerology does this sort of thing, too. If you're into the numerology stuff, sorry. Uh, not attacking you. I'm just saying I, I am not. Uh, I think numerology did. I remember there was a guy after 9-11. Uh, he was like, oh, I should have seen it. And he starts trying to break down all the numbers to prove the thing that has already happened. Um, which, like, it would be really great if if, like, the climate science people that run all of the models... Maybe they could hook up with some of the Q folks and then we could like reverse engineer some of the climate models and find out whether those are true. I'd like to see that. That would be helpful rather than the predictions that we were actually, well, we're all dead actually. Those are the original predictions. We're all dead. And then net neutrality killed off whoever survived. But uh, I would like to see maybe some, some proofs done on their predictions and whether or not we all died as, right? I mean, if really, if you should be able to tell if the things you predicted came true, and if they didn't come true, then your predictions are crap, right? That's how that that should be how that works. So, I fully reckon. And hey, I did it after 2016. Oh my goodness! In 2016, I was like, Hillary Clinton is going to win. Look at the polling. Uh, look at the turnout. And I got into arguments with people. And they're like, No way, Trump's got it. He's going to win. All this, and I was, I don't see a path forward. Like these things are going to have to happen. It is very unlikely. And so w- we went. Over and over, and this is why, by the way, I no longer make election predictions because of 2016. But the day after Trump won, I mean, first, I laughed. I laughed. I laughed all through election night coverage. I was laughing. It was, But, yes, absolutely, I was wrong. Totally got it wrong. 
because I relied on the polling. And guess what I don't do anymore? Rely on polling. Right. So that's so uh, yes, I take in new information and then that forces me to change positions. I find that to be logical. Um, I'm not going to I'm not going to plant my flag on an opinion that I know to be true or uh, that I know to be false. I, I, I generally do that, you know, with things that I believe are true. Opinions that I hold, I hold because I believe they are accurate. Um, so, yeah, if if what uh, Donald Trump is able to drain the whole swamp and uh, bring all of the people uh, you know, in shackles down to the courthouse and. I'll be like, holy cow, I was totally wrong. He totally did it. Maybe that's why he needed all the nukes at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not I'm not buying the the nuclear stuff. I, I like right now I'm not. I'm I'm withholding my opinion on that. Now, I will say that all of this talk about the FBI being uh, you know, corrupt and suspicious and not worthy of the credibility that they're leaning on that was built, you know, in decades past. Um simply saying these things now to the blue and on folks uh that obviously means that you're inciting violence against all federal agents which you may not be aware of this this is a pretty recent development i think it's like over the last uh, 48 hours or so uh but it really picked up steam over the last 24 hours which is that the left loves the fbi particularly the boomer generation baby boomers I know. I had no idea. I grew up watching all of their movies and TV shows where they were constantly telling me how awesome the 60s and 70s were. And uh, they were always like, stick it to the man and we hate the feds. You know, we, they were all like that. That's what they told me. I'm a Gen Xer. That's what they, that was the message I got from the boomers. And uh, now, apparently, if you have any questions at all about the FBI or law enforcement in general, that means... You're inciting violence against them because that that crazy person went up to a, uh, an FBI office with a nail gun, which he apparently was going to use to break the bulletproof glass or something. That was his plan. He's dead now. But everybody on the right has blood on their hands because of that story.